You may or may not be familiar with occupational therapy, but after listening to today's guest, Lauren Miller, it may just rise to the top of your list. As an occupational therapist, certified lymphedema therapist, and owner of Best Life Occupational Therapy, Lauren specializes in lymphatic wellness for clients following surgery, during and after pregnancy, and so much more, showing us just how rewarding and diverse the work is. You will not want to miss this episode. This is Career Chats with Katie and Robin. We are so excited to have Lauren Miller here today with us. And the very first question we have for you, Lauren, is how did you find yourself as an occupational therapist? Was this something you always considered doing? No, is the short answer. Um, When I was little, our pediatrician let me look at my sister's eardrum. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a pediatrician. And so my plan for a very long time was to become a pediatrician. And in undergrad, I started as a biology major so that I could go to med school. And then I did an internship at an allergist office and I decided I didn't want to be a physician. So I said, what can I do instead? So I had done physical therapy for my knee from a soccer injury and I didn't really like that, but I kind of stumbled upon OT on accident and I didn't quite know what it was. So I got in to watch a few OTs do their thing. And I said, that's what I want to do. Oh, that's so awesome. For our listeners who may not know what an occupational therapist is, can you define what it is you do as an OT? Yes. So occupational therapy is a member of like the rehab team. The main thing that we work on is regaining function for daily activities. What that means is we help people relearn how to dress themselves or bathe themselves. There's a lot of different like subsets of occupational therapy, which I'm guessing we'll probably get into in a minute. But basically, it's just kind of helping people after some kind of injury or something going on where they can't function by themselves. I love it. And yes, our next question. So you specialize in lymphatic massage. Was that always your area of expertise as an OT? Or how did you pick the specialty? So when I was in grad school, Everyone was like, oh, you have to do lymphedema. You have to learn how to do lymphedema. And I was like, no, I just learned neuro and orso. I said, I don't want to specialize in lymphedema. So for many, many years after grad school, I just did kind of general OT. And then in April 2021, I had an opportunity to take the certification course to become a certified lymphedema therapist. And now it's like my favorite thing. And that's all I want to do. That is so cool. Can you tell our listeners what lymphedema is? Yes. So lymphedema is a chronic progressive condition where the lymphatic system is either damaged or deformed or there's something going on where it just can't keep up. And so what happens is there's like chronic swelling in a limb. So it can be your leg, it can be an arm, kind of can be anywhere really. And so what we do with that, there's a very specific treatment protocol that we do. And that was what I learned in my certification course. A lot of times you'll see it in people who have had breast cancer with lymph nodes removed. 
um, gynecological cancers, that kind of thing. Wow. And what are some of the other specialties that OTs specialize in? That was like one of the best things about OT that really drew me to it is you can do all sorts of things with it. Thankfully, many of my classmates loved pediatrics, so they went into pediatrics, you know, early intervention, working with zero to three-year-olds in schools for handwriting, sensory stuff. Um, Another one is that you can be a hand therapist where you work just on hands, which was never my jam. There's even like mental health occupational therapist which was really interesting and I didn't have a great teacher in grad school for that so that wasn't my jam either but I've worked in a skilled nursing facility I worked in a regular hospital orthopedic hospital I've done home health and now Lynn's at it. That is so cool. It seems like there's so many different opportunities in this field. I know you already mentioned that you were in grad school, and I know you already mentioned a certification specifically for the lymphedema. So what are the requirements? I know when I was prepping for this, I saw that a master's is preferred. Is that still the case? And do all the specialties have a certification like yours did? Yes. So occupational therapy, now you have to do your four years of undergrad and two years, depending on your program, of the master's. The minimum requirement is a master's degree in it. They do have an OTD, which is a doctorate in occupational therapy. Also, kind of to branch off a little bit, there are OT assistants, and they, I believe, only need an associate's degree. So like physical therapy, they have to have their doctorate now to practice. Oh, do they? They do. And for a while, kind of out of the loop now that I just like lymphatic, um, but they've been talking about maybe switching OTs to entry-level doctorate as well. Wow, this is fascinating. So what does like a typical day on the job look like for you? So when I first graduated from grad school, I worked in a skilled nursing facility and I worked there full time. So I would come in in the morning and we pretty much just worked like in the rehab gym and we would bring patients down and we would work with them on strengthening, upper body strengthening, standing activity tolerance, you know, stuff like that. So I would see upwards of like 10 patients a day. Mm. So that was kind of a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And that is pretty standard for that setting. Um, Also kind of similar is like an outpatient setting. I never worked specifically in like general outpatient setting, but they do see a lot of patients in a day. In the hospital setting, we would see patients in their room working on bed mobility, so getting from the bed to the toilet, getting from the bed to a chair. And the main job responsibility for the rehab team in the hospital setting is to determine where the patient is safe to go. Can they go home after whatever injury or illness they had? Do they need to go to a rehab center? And then getting the family ready for if they are going to discharge home, if they need equipment or home health, that kind of thing. Segue into home health. That was the last thing I was doing before my certification course. And that was just what we call PRN. It's basically you just work as needed, kind of filling in gaps for like the full timers. So very flexible. I would drive to a patient's home and work with them for anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. 
working on tub transfers, toilet transfers, you know, standing in their kitchen to cook a meal, medication management, all sorts of stuff. And that was really great because occupational therapy is all about independent functioning. And so when we're in the home, we can really work on the setting that they'll be in. Whereas in the hospital or skilled nursing facility, we would try and stimulate their home environment as close as possible. But it's not the same as actually being in your home. Mm. And I'm sure sometimes patients like forget to tell you something or about like a little step that might be somewhere or a little yeah. anything that might be hidden and then you get to see it in person. Right. Yeah. So it was always very nice when we could see someone in the hospital and know that they were going to be followed up with home health to get in there and just make sure like everything was good. Now I own my own company. My six-year-old loves to talk about how I am the boss, which is really great. And so I make my own schedule, but it is very similar to home health because I am mobile right now. So I go to patients' homes and I see them for uh, lots of different things, um, but primarily I see clients for um, post-op plastic surgery. Oh. Hmm. So they have tummy tucks, breast reduction. So I go into their home and I just do manual lymphatic drainage. I don't do all of the treatment protocol that I would do for someone who has lymphedema. And so right now I work very part-time because my little one is in daycare and I make my own schedule and it's really, really nice. That's awesome. Since I've known you as a friend, like I have loved seeing the flexibility of the different stages of your life over the last three years. It's really cool. It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of one thing that I had kept in my mind when I had the opportunity to sit for the certification course, because even then I was kind of like, uh, do I want to do just one Chidema? the same thing over and over again? <laughs> but I said I could teach it, which I love teaching stuff. I could own my own business or, you know, just do lymphedema. Right. It kind of has worked out well. That's so cool. So what would you say is your favorite part about the work that you do? And what would you say the least favorite part is? So my favorite part for sure is teaching people about the lymphatic system because a lot of people are like, what is that? (laughs) I have one of those. (laughs) Yes, you do. Everybody does. And it's very important. Um, So teaching them about what it does and then actually helping them like in their recovery because a lot of these patients are not feeling great. They just had major surgery. They're very swollen. And so I come in and I teach them about the lymphatic system and we do the lymphatic massage and we talk about compression and all this stuff. And I just get to help people feel better, which is awesome. I love that. My least favorite part right now is actually really don't like being mobile. It takes up a lot of time during the day, obviously. So it limits how many people I can see each day. Mm. But I know that they really appreciate not having to leave their home after they've just had surgery and they're not feeling 
very well. Yeah, it balances out, I guess. Yeah. So what types of personalities would you say thrive in this sort of day-to-day work environment, both what you're doing now, but also what you did first entering the field? Who really does well? Who maybe should really think hard before becoming an OT? I think it's the same for now and then too, but being very flexible you know, you'll walk in and you think you're going to see a patient and they're just like, nope, I don't want to see you or I'm not ready or whatever. Um, so being really flexible, but also having a really strong passion for wanting to help people. Being a people person, you know, is pretty important in being an occupational therapist because another special thing about occupational therapy is it's really like client centered. I don't say, okay, you just hurt your leg so I want you to go to the toilet by yourself but maybe their goal is to be able to play golf again you know like so the clients or patients they're the ones that are making and setting the goals that we're working toward Mm. and so that's really awesome yeah the main thing is you would just want to be flexible you want to help people hardworking because it is pretty hard work. Okay. So what would you tell those listening who are listening to you and they're like, wow, this, this really sounds neat. Like what would you tell them if they're thinking about entering the field of occupational therapy? Do it. (laughs) It's really awesome. Okay. So we've already talked about how cool it is that you can do all sorts of things within occupational therapy. But the really great thing is that there's always going to be a need because as our population is aging, we will see more elderly patients who are trying to age in place. So they want to stay home. That's a huge aspect of occupational therapy, like home modifications, environment modifications, that sort of thing. And then again, of course, there's always children. So if you wanted to do pediatric, it has really great job security and it is very rewarding in whatever setting you end up in to just help people get back to living their life to the fullest is occupational therapy little motto. I love that you brought up that job security is there and the field is growing because when I was doing the research for your field, it says that your field is employment of occupational therapists is projected to grow by 14% from 2021 to 2031, which is much faster than the average. Yeah. I mean, and I would say, obviously, I don't have any like numbers, but a lot of the OTs that I know, they do work with adults or geriatrics, elderly. And so again, like we said, there's just going to always be a need for occupational therapists. And if you want to get really specific, lymphedema therapist, because I think I just saw some crazy number that said there's like one lymphedema therapist for every thousand lymphedema patient. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So there's like a huge need for lymphedema therapists. And I think you can do that. You can definitely do it as an OT. Mm-hmm. Um, PT, I believe nurses, maybe. And then they actually, there's a few schools that do the certification courses and they have ones that are like just the massage kind of like what i'm doing now for like massage therapists so they could learn how to do that even oh so there's different pathways into that lymphatic massage therapist oh that's so interesting i love this and it's great you know when i 
do happen to run into someone who's doing what I'm doing, it's like, hey, this is awesome. I found one in the wild. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So after this wonderful career path that you've put yourself on, what's the next step for you? Is there something in the future you're hoping to accomplish beyond what you're doing now? I am very happy with what I'm doing right now. It's super great. It's very life balancey, if you will. <laughs> I can take off if my kids have a field trip or whatever. But I think looking down the road, one hopefully maybe short-term goal is to get a brick and mortar location mm. um, so that I can have patients come to me and I don't have to be on the road quite as much. And that's kind of where my vision has stopped because my kids are little and, you know, this is just kind of a part-time thing that I'm doing right now and it's working beautifully. But, you know, once they're in school full-time, then it would be really nice to grow because there is such a need. Like I said, I don't even see lymphedema patients right now because of my limited schedule. So I would eventually like Best Life to grow to help more patients. That's awesome. I love it. Me too. Okay, so you've mentioned how awesome the flexibility of being an OT is, especially for your life right now. And based off of the median annual wage that we've looked up, the wage for full-time employment is quite nice. So beyond wages and flexibility, what other like big benefits do you think this field has to offer for people? So I think, again, like we already touched on, like the job security is really, really nice. That's never going to go anywhere. But I feel like the biggest benefit for me, again, I'm like deeply empathetic. So just watching people get better is like the biggest reward for me for this field. But again, it is nice if you like to do different things like I did in the beginning and you're like okay well I've been doing outpatient that's kind of boring you can switch to pediatric or you can switch to being a hand therapist you know and all it takes is a few continuing education classes to kind of change your trajectory on your OT path which is pretty cool. So it is pretty easy to switch around. Yeah so right now how it works is you have to be licensed So that is state by state. Okay. But you have to take a national exam when you graduate. Then you are an OT. Then you have to be licensed in your state. So they're working on like a compact where like if you're licensed, let's say in Tennessee, where I am, then if they're in that compact, you're licensed in whatever other state are in that compact. Oh, that would be convenient. Right. So otherwise now, like when you move, which I've done a few times, you have to just let your old license lapse or you can keep it up if you want. And then you have to apply for licensure in your new state. And so you can only see patients in whatever state you're licensed in. And is being licensed in your state for OT sort of how it is for me as a dietitian where it's mainly just paying them a fee and doing your continuing Yes. Okay. Okay. Exactly. So you pay a fee annually and then each state is different. For Tennessee, I have to do 24 continuing education hours every two years. Okay. Which is pretty standard. Some don't even have that. Right. And some probably don't even require licensure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little out of the loop. Yeah, I know for dietetics, not every state even has licensure now. But changing between like the different subsets of OT, you don't have to do anything 
like lymphedema, you have to take a certification course. Hand therapist, I believe you have to like take a certification course. Those are like really kind of the only two that I know that require like additional education beyond just like a couple of continuing education classes. Okay, so you've pretty much convinced me that I should have done this job. (laughs) What are the most common challenges that you face as an OT? The biggest one is people go, oh, you're an occupational therapist. I don't need a job. You say, okay, well, that's not what I do. And then you proceed to explain what occupational therapies do. The other hard thing is you work with all types of patients. Yeah, That means lots of different personalities, lots of different family dynamics, and that can be challenging. You will have patients who you know would greatly benefit from your therapy and they will just flat out refuse. So sad. Something you have to learn pretty early on is you can't want it more than they do. Mm -hmm. That is challenging. Another thing that was challenging that I ran into more so in the hospital setting than anywhere else is occupational therapy kind of not getting recognized as being as important as like physical therapy, for example. Mm. Oftentimes, maybe we wouldn't even be ordered for a patient who definitely needed an occupational therapy evaluation. It's kind of hard to feel comfortable like talking to a physician or a surgeon if you're in the orthopedics, whatever. Um, So that can be a challenge as well. What about touching people? You would have to be okay with touching people, right? Especially for what you do. Yes. (laughs) That's what I keep thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And see, like I am so fine with all of that, that that never crosses my mind. But yes, you need to be okay with touching people. You need to be okay with bodily liquids and bodily function. A lot of what we do centers around the bathroom because we all must go to the bathroom. A lot of toileting, showering, bathing, sometimes bedpan. Okay. Yes. Good point. You do need to be comfortable with getting a little dirty sometimes. I'm really glad you brought that up because like my husband is so not like that. And I'm so fine with like basically everything that uh, I've been doing it for so long too like it really doesn't phase me but that is a good point you do need to be cool with I love how you didn't even think of that I'm glad we discussed this oh yeah (laughs) if you weren't doing this what real or like imaginary job would you choose for yourself? Before I wanted to be a pediatrician, I of course wanted to be a marine biologist. Uh, Of course. Because I grew up in (laughs) Florida, duh. (laughs) Always at the ocean. And so I would still want to do that today if I could. I don't even know any sort of requirements or anything for that, but I feel like it would be really fun to like be a marine biologist. That's so cool. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to say before we let you go? This has been so fascinating. If anybody has questions, please feel free to reach out. I love to educate on OT and the lymphatic system. And it really is like the best choice I've ever made in my life. And I am super, super thankful that it kind of fell into my lap and I just loved it from the minute I saw it. And now I love my lymphatic journey that I'm on. And I just hope someone else can love it too. You sound so happy in your job. And that just makes me so happy for you. Me too. (laughs) Well, we've loved having you and we cannot thank you enough. We thank you again, Lauren. We're so glad you were able to be with Career Chats today. 
Career Chats is hosted by Katie Huddleston and Robin Coney. Show notes and guest info can be found on our website, careerchats.show. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, stay curious.